One year ago today, every one of us stood at the doorstep of 2017. We had no idea the challenges we would face. We had no idea the victories. We had no idea the failures. We had no idea the successes. We had no idea the trials or the triumphs. There were a few things that we had maybe planned and said this is a goal for the year and this is what I would like to set out to do, but when it's all said and done, we really have very little control over what defines any given year. And so we stood on the doorstep of a brand new year and 2017 was a number that we were all going to have to get used to saying and writing and thinking. And now it's old. And just as we a year ago were saying goodbye to the number 2016, today we wrap up 2017 and tonight we officially say goodbye to it and welcome in a new year. Never forget that it is God who separated time into days and weeks and months and years. The Bible tells us that. And he did it for a purpose because he wanted us to use these individual segments as building blocks to build a solid, strong life and as tools to help us grow. But we stood at this doorstep a year ago and now we're, we're walking out the door and we're stepping into a new year and this is a new doorstep. I want you to think about this. And I know Pastor Bish well enough, I knew Mrs. Bish well enough to know that they would be completely content and pleased with me using this illustration. But understand that a year ago right now, Mrs. Bish didn't even know she was sick. And she had no idea that 2017 would be identified not only as the greatest struggle of her life, but that she wouldn't live the year out. Now, I'm not trying to scare you into thinking this could be the year of your death. I'm simply using an extreme illustration to remind us we have no idea what this next year holds. My wife sat here a year ago on the doorstep of 2017 and had no idea this is the year you say goodbye to your mama. She had no idea. We have no, we, we make plans. We anticipate things. But you never know the things that are going to define the year. So as we stand at the doorstep of 2018, none of us knows for sure what will define this coming year. And here's the question. How do you prepare for a challenge if you don't know it's coming? My wife gave me a, a book for Christmas called Tanker Pilot, written by a man named Mark Acera. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. And uh, he has a less glamorous role as a pilot. It's awesome. It's incredible. But, it, you know, well, we think, we think uh, pilot in the military. We think, you know, fighter pilot and top gun and all that, you know. Uh, this, this man's job is a little less glamorous, but every bit as important. This man is a, uh, he, he flies the, the, the jets that fuel 
the fighter pilots. And let me give you an example of how important that is. They, they, he, he, and I haven't read the whole book, but I've read enough of it to get a feel for it. Uh, he, he mentions a mission that took place that took off from Kansas City and went to Libya and back, and it was a 30-hour mission. And, they, and, and those fighter jets had to be fueled in that 30-hour mission from Kansas City to Libya and back. They had to be fueled by 20 different... I'm talking about where they... You've heard about it, maybe even seen it in movies or whatever, where the plane pulls up next to the jet and, and they, they fuel that jet while they're flying. And uh, while they're flying at full speed and they're, they're getting fueled up, and it allows them to complete the mission seamlessly. And uh, basically this book is about lessons that they've learned. But here's, here's the way the book begins. This man's first mission was the 1991 Desert Storm, the very first attack. I don't know about you, I remember where I was when, when I heard about that. I was working at U.S. Steel in Gary, Indiana, and I went out for my, my uh, lunch break and I would go out to my car at lunch break and just turn on the radio and listen to the news while I ate. And I turned on the news during my lunch break and found out that in 1991 we had, we had just bombed Baghdad. <coughs> and uh, so I went back inside and we had a crew of only eight guys in our particular area there. And uh, I went back in. I said, God, because I knew that they didn't have a radio inside there. You couldn't get a signal inside the building. I went back inside. I said, guys, I said, we just bombed Baghdad. It was the funniest thing. Not funny after all, actually. But uh, the one guy said, oh, man, we're going to be getting lots of overtime. He said, war. He said, uh, whenever, whenever war breaks out, they need steel. We're going to get overtime. Man, this is going to be good for us. And the next day, we got laid off. And uh, so, <laughs> always those experts, you know. But anyway, so I clearly remember, I clearly, and we had just started dating, by the way. Um, we had just, we, we had just uh, started dating. I need to transition off of that. Um, I clearly remember that. That was this guy's first mission. And here's the thing about it. All of his training had been for the Cold War. They were going to kill the commies. They had no training whatsoever to go into the desert. This was brand new. And he brings this up in the very first chapter of his book. How do you prepare for the unknown? And he said, the truth is, they told them up front, because we're not prepared to fight in the desert, you haven't been trained for this, count on it. 10% of you are not coming back in your unit because we're just not prepared for this. Well, the fact is, they, they pulled the mission off seamlessly. And I, to my understanding of what he wrote in the book, they didn't lose a single member of their, of their unit or their division. And all because, even though they didn't know what was coming, they had the courage to prepare. And here's what he wrote. He said it takes courage to prepare for the unknown. Courage is facing your fears 
by preparing for events that will take place in your life. Facing your fears by preparing for events that will take place in your life. He said it takes courage to operate outside of your comfort zone and to continue functioning in the face of tremendous odds. And that's what every person in this room, if you're going to grow, if you're going to accomplish anything this year, that's what we're all being called upon to do. To have the courage to prepare to face the unknown, to operate outside of our comfort zone. Sometime this year, if you're going to grow, if you're going to thrive, sometime this year, you're going to be called upon to do something that you don't know how to do, that you've never been trained to do, but you're going to know it's your duty to do it. And will you have the courage to say, well, I'm going to take the training and the preparation that I do have And I'm going to march forward in my responsibilities. For a few minutes this morning, let's think about this concept of the courage to prepare for the unknown. And to learn about this, I don't think there's anybody in the Bible who is better to teach us this than the life of Joshua. Three times in the text that we read, we saw the phrase, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. And as you continue through the book of Joshua, every chapter gives you another example of Joshua's courage. And every chapter is a lesson to us of how we can have the courage to face the unknown of 2018. I don't know what's coming. You don't know what's coming. Maybe it's going to be one of the most profitable, and I I mean that not financially necessarily, but in every way, the most profitable year of your life. But can I tell you, I can just about guarantee you that if it is the most genuinely profitable year of your life, it will also be the most challenging of your life. Because as the old saying goes, no pain, no gain. If you're going to profit, if you're going to grow, there's going to be some challenges. There's going to be some difficulties. Do you have the courage to prepare for that? Let's look, uh, and we're going to run through this quickly. Now, Joshua has uh, more chapters than we're going to cover. We're going to look. Don't, don't, don't freak out. We're going to move fast. But we're going to look at the first eight chapters of the book of Joshua. And I want to show you a, an example in every one of those chapters of how Joshua had the courage to go forward and face the unknown. In chapter number one, Joshua had the courage to answer God's call. The greatest leader in the history of the world, to this day, people who believe the Bible and believe that Moses lived, believe that outside of Jesus Christ, Moses is the greatest leader or at least among the greatest leaders in the history of the world. I'm not going to take time to qualify that statement, but I would have a hard time disagreeing with it. Unbelievable what Moses was called upon to do and what he did. And now it's time for him to go to heaven, and here's this kid, Joshua. Now, he's not a kid anymore. He's in his 60s, but he's still, compared to Moses, he's the new guy. Why should we listen to him? I mean, he doesn't carry the authority of Moses. Moses was Moses and Joshua. 
And yet God was calling upon him to step in and do this job. Can I ask you this question? Answer it for yourself. What is it that God's calling upon you to do? I know he's not calling you to just be idle. I know he's not calling you to go backwards in your life. What is it that God has been calling upon you to do? You want to face whatever it is that God has for you to face in 2018? Have the courage to answer God's call. You know, I can't, I can hardly visit Solid Rock Baptist Church as we did on, on Thursday afternoon, all night, Thursday night, and Friday morning without coming back and just testifying one more time of the amazing team of Christian workers that they have in their church. But you know what? It's not a team of full-time Christian workers. Oh, there's some full-time Christian workers in there. But it's a team largely comprised of men and women who go to work every day, but they also give themselves to the work of God. And they are a blessing to, I mean, I don't know how many, there were hundreds, there may have been over a thousand teenagers there from a bunch of states, at least a half a dozen, probably more than that states, church after church, van load after van load, bus load after bus load of teenagers who come and are blessed. And by the way, been doing that for 25 years plus. You don't do that and impact so many. The, the, the young man who preached, and now he's in his 30s, but he preached. He used to sit there as a, just a teenage kid that came to Omni Night. And now he's a preacher. By the way, he's the guy that told us how to paint the bus to, for, for $800 or whatever it was instead of $2,500. And he was impacted for the Lord by sitting in Omni night 25 years ago. How does that happen? Oh, because Pastor Clark, he's just a magician. He has this magic. No, it doesn't. It's because you've got a church full of people who go to work every day, work hard, work their job, but they also give themselves, they commit themselves to work. And it may just be coming to the church and vacuuming the auditorium or, or making sure that the, the bathroom is, is span clean or taking their skills that they use at work and using them at the house of God and making sure everything is ready, making sure everything is prepared. What is it God's calling you to do? I know he's not calling you to be idle. I know he's not calling you to just sort of float backwards. Joshua had the courage to face what was ahead because he answered God's call. Chapter 2, Joshua had the courage to learn what he needed to learn. What did they do in chapter 2? If you read it, chapter 2 is where Joshua sent the spies into Jericho. We're supposed to go in and t take that city. I don't know how we're going to take that city, but uh, you guys go in and find out. You know the story. Just a few weeks ago in Sunday school, we talked about the spies and, and Rahab. What is it that you don't know about your faith that you need to take the bull by the horns and learn? Is it that you need to learn how to pray? Is it that you need to learn Bible doctrine? Is it that you need how to learn to need to learn how to win a soul to Christ? What is it that you need 
to learn. Maybe, maybe you've been saved, but you've never been discipled in the Christian faith. Man, we need to take care of that this year. You need to sit, sit down with someone on a weekly basis. Uh, if you're a man, I'd be happy to do it, or, or one of the other men would be happy to do it, and, and just for a half an hour a week for a few months, and you can learn the basics of the Christian life. But you know what? You're never going to grow and you're not going to have what you need to face the challenges of the unknown challenges if you're not willing to learn. What happens in chapter 3? Chapter 3, they cross the Jordan River. And that's the courage to step out in faith. The courage to say, you know, let's just go for it. I'm, I'm tired of walking around, wandering around. This, this always, when I think of stepping out in faith, I always think of um, my friend Tom Herzl in Los Angeles. And um, they used to, I don't know if he still does, but he had a summer camp. And the last, my last summer camp was August of 2010 when I had uh, 10 toes. And it was my last, but I think that was my third or fourth year to go there, if I'm not mistaken. Went there every year for three or four years. And we would go, it was a two or two and a half hour drive from L.A. up in the mountains, way up in the mountains. I mean, they used to film, this is the truth, they used to film Bonanza up there. And it was up in the, up in the mountains. Anyway, we're, we're going up there. We're going to camp. And, and uh, there was a kid from another church there. And the whole time as we're, we're going to camp, everybody was talking about the greatest part of the week was going swimming. There's a swimming hole up there, and there's a big 30-foot high rock. And uh, so this one guy in particular, he was, I think, a freshman in college, and he was there visiting and going to this camp. He was talking about, man, I'm going to get up there, and I'm, I am going to dive off that rock. I am going to dive off. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Uh, my son, was. it was our first year of camp, and Joe came with me. Joe was 10 years old, so that had to be, what, uh, 2000 and, I don't know, whatever, somewhere in there. And uh, Joe was 10 years old. And so we go there, and of course, um, I would have dove off the 30-foot high rock, but I, I was assigned to take pictures. So I said, okay, I'll take pictures. But let's make a note of it. I didn't brag that I was going to jump off the rock, okay? This, this guy that was a freshman in college, he's all, man, I'm going I'm I'm to jump off that thing. I'm going to be the first one to jump off that thing. And uh, you should see, man, I'm going to do some dives. So we got there. And all these guys are lining up to climb up the rock. And the thing about the rock, this, this rock is, there's no way to climb down. You ever jumped off a rock like that? You can only climb up. There's no way to, you, once you climb up, you're jumping down. So he's the first one, this guy's the first one up that rock. And he goes, okay, I'm going first. I mean, I got this on video somewhere. Because that was my job, to video everybody else jumping off the rock. And so he gets up there. And I got the video going. And I didn't have, didn't have an iPhone. I don't even think they were out yet. I had a camera that took videos. And I'm taking a video, and I'm thinking, and, and this guy goes up there, and he goes up to the edge of the rock, and he looks down. And he turns around, he walks back, he rubs his head. He gets ready to jump, and he walks up to the edge of the rock, and he looks down. And uh, meanwhile... There's my 10-year-old son just like, hey, get out of the way, man. <laughs> Joe runs, jumps off, and dives in. And one guy after another, 12 years old, 14 years old, 16 years old, they're jumping, they're diving, they're having a big time, they're splashing all over the place. And this college freshman that told everybody, hey, I'm going to dive first, it's going to be awesome, he got up there and he looked down. That's where a lot of Christians spend a lot of years 
Man, someday I'm going to do something for God. Not this year. (laughs) Why don't you let 2018 be the year that you have the courage to go ahead and step out in faith? Not to do something crazy, but to do what you know God's calling you to do. And God has called. Hey, maybe it's as simple as you've been saved for a while and you have never led a soul to Jesus Christ. Why doesn't why don't you make 2018 the year that you say, you know what, I'm just going to show up on Saturday morning. And I'm going to go out with them and soul winning, knocking doors, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk to somebody about Christ. Joshua chapter 4. We see the courage to take spiritual leadership. Now listen carefully to this. This is after they've crossed the Jordan. They did it. They crossed the Jordan. This whole nation, this new generation of Israelites have crossed the Jordan and now they're ready to go start fighting the battles. And Joshua says, wait a minute. I says, what? Hey, if you're not careful, Joshua chapter 4 will seem like a wasted chapter. Because chapter 3, they crossed the Jordan. Chapter 6, the battle of Jericho. Chapter 5 is getting ready to fight the battle of Jericho. Chapter 4, you know what chapter 4 is? Chapter 4 is setting up memorials so that future generations will know God parted the water so the weak could... What a waste. We got time for that. We're crossing the Jordan. We're going to fight the battle of Jericho. We got time for memorials and worship services and, and, and preaching. Joshua says, oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. We've got to stop here and be reminded that we only cross this Jordan because God brought us this far, God parted the waters, God led us through, and then God closed the waters when we got to the other side. Do you know what that's called? Spiritual leadership. Two thousand eighteen needs to be the year that you have the courage to take spiritual leadership. I'm talking about spiritual leadership, first of all, of you moms and dads having a stronger relationship with God than you've ever had. Let me tell you, you are not going to have a solid relationship with God if you are not in your Bible every day. So let me introduce a couple of things to you if you don't know about these. These are three tools that we have that I want to make sure you're aware of. The first one, if you have kids downstairs, they get these every week. On the front, today's Sunday school lesson. Down the bottom, next week's Sunday school lesson. You can sit. If you came to Sunday school, that's the same thing you learned today. What's it about? Ahijah and Jeroboam. That's what we learn in Sunday school. It's what the teenagers learn in Sunday school. It's what your kids learned in Sunday school. So you can talk about that. That's on the paper that they're going to bring home from junior church today. On the bottom, this is what we're going to learn about next week. On the back, the memory verse down here. Up top, Things to thank God for today. We recommend a few things and then some empty lines where they can write some things in. I thank God for this, this, and this. On the bottom, things to ask God for today. We recommend some things. God, number one, give me wisdom. Number two, God, please take care of my parents and my family. Number three, God, bless our church. Number four, God, bless America. And then five, six, and seven are blank for them to write in things to pray for. In, in, on the inside, Monday I'm sorry, Sunday. begins with Sunday. Sunday through Saturday. 
Any boy or girl can do this. And mom and dad, if you would guide them through this, they would build, they would develop a habit that they will keep for the rest of their lives. But you know, this is, it's not 10 chapters. It's not five chapters. It's not a whole chapter. It's usually three verses. You turn, okay, today it's Ezekiel 1, 1 through 3. You turn there, you read it, you fill in the blanks. The blank of the Lord was their blank hymn. And they, all they do is they fill in those two words. And then on the bottom, the question is the same today. What did I learn about my God from these verses? So, well, how is a five-year-old going to know how to answer that if they have a mom or dad guiding them? How about this? What about this? I mean, you can learn about God from the genealogies in the Bible. God loves you enough that he cares about your name. He knows your name. He knows uh, who's had's name. He knows your name. That's what your kids take home. That's a good tool for you to spend time with your kid and your, your child. Ten minutes in the Bible and prayer every day, you, you, could, you could walk them through it. Then you get this every week whether you know it or not. This is in your bulletin. It's similar to what they have on the inside. It's not the same scripture because it just wouldn't work. But Sunday through Saturday, a passage of scripture, usually somewhere between 5 and 15 verses, somewhere in the Bible. And the beginning is one part of the verse, and then you finish the verse. So you're reading along. You find how that verse ends. You fill it in. And then what word or truth or statement stood out to me in these verses? You fill Now, by the way, this is, yeah, this is, this is for beginners in the Bible. This isn't if you have a solid relationship with your Bible that you need to feel burdened to tack this on. No, no, you've already got something. You don't need this. This is for somebody who's just starting to say, you know, it's a big book. I don't know where to start. Let this tell you where to start. And you look up this word, okay, Numbers, the book of Numbers. Where's that? All right, your Bible has a table of contents in it. Look up the book of Numbers, the chapter, and the verses. Numbers 13, verses 21 through 33. And that's you, and the teenagers and adults get. There's enough for everybody to get one of these every week. If you're just getting started in your Bible. So this is for your kids. This is for if you're a beginner. If you want to take on a challenge this year, and it's great that tomorrow's the first of the year because you can do this. At the close of the service, we're going to pass these out. We're going to baptize today. While we baptize, we're going to pass these out. Everybody's going to get one. And this will walk you through your Bible in 2018. Most days it's three chapters. Some days it's a little more. Some days it's maybe just two chapters. Most days it's three chapters. And it's got the date, one, not to insult your intelligence, but 1-1, one, 1-2, one, 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 you know, January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd. You read it, you check it off. If you will follow this schedule, then when you come to New Year's Eve next year, you will have read through the entire Bible. Now let me just give you a little warning. Long about... Um, the end of January, the beginning of February, you're going to get into a book called Leviticus. That's some tough plowing. You're going to read about sacrifices and animals and blood and guts. And, uh, so here's what I recommend you do. In Leviticus, also in Numbers, and then later on in First and Second Chronicles, where it's just chapter after chapter of uh, Bill's a bad, we got Bob's a bad, and Bob's a gab, we got uh, Bo's a bad, and, and uh, you go, wow, I, how did I get anything out of that? Okay, what you do, you read your three chapters there, and then go over to the book of Psalms and read a chapter. 
Or go to the book of Proverbs and read a chapter so that you're getting some. You need to read those technical things to say that you read them, to become familiar with the information. But just to be frank with you, it may not bless your heart quite as easily as Psalms and Proverbs. So go to Psalms, go to Proverbs, go to the book of John. Read a chapter there to add on to this. But you want to, look, I I don't want any of you to stand before God and to have to admit to him face to face that you never read his book through one time. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if when you, you never read my word through one time, if he said, um, how many, how many movies did you rent? How much TV did you watch? How many video games did you play? You never read my book through one time? Oh, I don't want that for any of us. So why don't you make 2018 the year you take some spiritual leadership and get into your Bible? Let me fly through the rest of these. We'll be done. Joshua chapter 5, courage to set yourself apart to the Lord. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here, but you know that God gave Abraham a sign, a physical sign, to show I belong to God. Now, for the Christian, it's baptism, and we're going to baptize today. It's It's a public show, I belong to God. But for the Jews, it was something called circumcision. And they had gotten away from this practice And so God said, after they crossed the Jordan and before they started battling the promised land, we got to take a few days and make sure that every male of the children of Israel has set themselves apart through this ritual that God created. Listen, 2018 may be the year that you have to have the courage to let go of something. Maybe there's something in your spiritual growth that you have been insisting. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know the Spirit of God is nagging at you and saying, it's time to, it's time to let go of the beer on Friday night. That, you know, oh, this, this beer is so good with pizza. I've heard that my whole life. and I, It may be. I don't know. But maybe it's time to let that go. What's that got to do with? I, I don't know what it has to do with, but why does God keep nagging at you about it? Maybe this is the year that you let that go. Maybe this is the year that you, that you, that you tackle the, the cussing. Maybe, the, listen, don't think that I have a list or that I caught you, or I'm not Santa Claus. I don't see you when you're sleeping and know when you're awake. I'm just picking random things that I know Christians struggle with that can be an obstacle to their growth, to, for them to be able to stand before God and say, Lord, the best I know how I'm clean. But if you have something that you're holding on to, listen, maybe it's time to cancel the HBO. You know it's not helping you. You know it's not helping you to hear that four-letter word all the time. You know it's not helping you to see all that, the, those, those nude images on your TV screen all the time. That's not helping you. Maybe 2018 is a year to let that go. Say, man, pastor, I mean, it's like you're reading my biography. You don't tell me you don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, I have no idea. I don't know what you're doing or watching or saying. I have no idea. But I do know this about every believer. There comes a time where the Spirit of God says, time to let that go. Time to let that go, to draw a little closer to me and to be free of the baggage. Joshua 6, courage to follow God's instructions. You know, I almost put courage to do the impossible. But you know what? They didn't do the impossible at Jericho. God did. All they did was follow instructions. 2018, if you're going to have courage, you've got to have courage to follow God's instructions. Joshua chapter 7, you know the story of Achan. God said, 
Every, all the spoil of Jericho belongs to me. Later on, you're going to plunder some cities. You're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to conquer some cities. And you can take whatever you can get your hands on. But Jericho is mine. It's symbolic of the tithe, by the way. The first fruits belong to the Lord. Jericho is mine. And one guy saw a suit that he just had to have. And he took it. And God cursed the entire nation and would not... Bless them until that guy was executed. That's executed for stealing a suit. It was God's law. It was a very, very different way of doing things back then. But the fact of the matter is they had to have the courage to face their issues. Can you make 2018 the year you finally face your issues? See, what do you mean issues? Okay. You know what hinders so many of us? This is the truth. And I'm talking to all of us, beginning with me is our tendency to blame and accuse. And I mean, it's not hard for us to like have the blame and accuse. You ever see, I I love Westerns. That's probably maybe the thing I need to let go of. I don't know. But uh, I love Westerns. If you ever, you ever, and you know, you watch these dudes, and they say the old West really wasn't like this at all, but I still, you know, I still enjoy watching it. You know, somebody knows there's trouble, so what do they do? They got, they got their, they got their pistol. By the way, first of all, if it's tied down, if the holster's tied to their leg, that means they're ready for action. So they're, they're you know, and they see somebody that stole their hat. So what do they do? They unbutton the coat. And then they pull the coat back. <laughs> And then everybody behind the, the guy that they're facing clears out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's big time. You know, there's far too many people that have their, their blame gun ready to fire. I mean, you, you got one in the chamber there. It's ready to go. And, and anytime something goes wrong, you're, you're ready to draw. It, it, it's time to learn to not live like that. Your, your accuser gun. I mean, you are watching for somebody to have the least little slip up so you can, oh, I got the drop on you. You're dead. You're never going to find victory living like that. I'm not a uh, gun control advocate, but I am a, I am an accuser gun control advocate. Put that, put the thing away. Don't even carry. Don't even. You say, man, what if somebody needs to be accused? There's a guy whose job that is. The Bible says Satan's the accuser. God's the judge. You can afford to walk around unarmed when it comes to accusation, when it comes to blame. Courage to face your issues. Last one, Joshua 8. Courage to learn from your failures. In Joshua 8, Joshua 7, they had a great defeat because, because of Achan's sin. Joshua 8, they tried again after they had failed and they found the culprit and they disciplined him and they said, okay, let's get up and go again. Listen, maybe you've been wallowing in defeat for a while. Maybe you've been and you say, man, I've been in a rut and I can't get out of it. 
why don't you face the issues in your life, whatever they are. Maybe what I just mentioned, it may be something else. Face the issues, deal with it, and make 2018 the year you get up, brush yourself off, and say, okay, God, I'm going at it again. I know this, whatever else 2018 is supposed to be, it's not supposed to be the year that you quit. It's not supposed to be the year that you give up and give in and just say, okay, I guess I'm always going to be whatever. No, you're not. Get up. Deal with your issue. Have the the courage to go forward. And you have no idea the potential that this brand new year holds for you. Father, I pray that you'd help us.